Welcome to the Moonlight Real Estate Syndication Show, hosted by Eric Lindsay. Here at Moonlight, we will show you how to operate and invest in real estate syndications successfully while having W-2 income or another business that you operate on a full-time basis. We will learn from experts all things pertaining to real estate syndications. Here at the Moonlight Real Estate Syndication Show, we choose to focus on financial security, not job security. Welcome to the Moonlight Side Hustles and Syndication Show. I am your host, Eric Lindsay. Here at Moonlight, we choose to focus on achieving financial security through real estate. And today we are here with Eric Upchurch. Eric Upchurch is an Army Special Operations veteran who grew up in Central Iowa before attending college in California. He has a passion for educating the military community on how to create long-term wealth through real estate investing while personally investing across the country for the last 16 years. Eric serves as co-founder of Active Duty Passive Income and is a senior managing partner with ADPI Capital. Most recently, Eric's team has partnered on nationwide, first of its kind, 100% employee-owned mortgage branch, real estate brokerage, as well as an insurance company, all with the goal of serving the ADPI community, real estate, real estate investors. He is also an active commercial syndicator and my personal syndication coach. Without further ado, welcome to the show, Eric. Thank you very much. When the Eric's get together, I think good things happen. So making progress. All right. All right. I like that. Glad to be here. Yes, sir. All right. Great. Great. Hey, so that was a brief bio. Could you do your background just a little bit more justice and also share with us how you got started in real estate? Yeah, I think the most important thing to kind of note to your audience is that I'm just a regular person out there who wondered how to get started and kind of meandered my way into this thing. It's kind of funny how that happens, but you start thinking about things and you put that out, that energy out in the world and start asking questions in forums or, you know, one thing just like leads you to the next step. And I mean, even in our community today, the, the number one most asked question is, where do I start? You know, it's, it's something, I mean, I think even in the bigger pockets world, that's the number one question always asked. The demographic will really never change. It's the majority of people just, man, I, I read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, or like somebody told me about real estate investing. How do I get started? You know, and that was me, you know, a handful of years ago, maybe 10 years ago or something. And uh, I did just start with me looking at my property in, in Savannah, Georgia that I bought uh, with my VA loan and it was 100% leveraged, couldn't sell it. Uh, like a lot of military members, I couldn't sell it because it was leveraged. And so, but I, I knew I could rent it out and it would pay the bills. And so when I ETS, when I got out of the military, moved back to California where my wife is from and um, we had that rental property. And I was like, okay, well, I'm an accidental landlord. And and then I realized kind of like looking back now, our community is a military community of real estate investors. We're kind of, our, that's our foundation. Like, unless you're educated and know what you're doing and going with intention, you accidentally become a landlord as you move from one duty station to the next. So I found myself in that position. And then started going down that rabbit hole of, well, what if I did this intentionally on my next move? You know, what, what would the cash flow look like if I analyzed the property before I bought it and knew that it was going to be a rental someday? And so that all kind of led to making great connections and reading and podcasts and all the other stuff that a lot of people are doing that, that got them to where they are and started with single family investing 
some flips with a buddy that I'd known for a long time. And then I found, uh, you know, Rod Cleef through one of my business partners, uh, who he had been following him, went to a boot camp, signed up for coaching and just, Hey, I realized that this isn't that complicated. If some of these guys that I saw on stage doing this can do it, guys and gals, I'm like, man, there is nothing stopping me from going out there and, and giving this thing hell. So uh, I said, I'm going to commit. I'm going to follow instructions from people who have done it already. And I'm going to be a success. And that's what happened. So. Wow. Sweet, sweet. That's pretty good backstory there. You know, you was accidental landlord uh, via military as I guess that's pretty, pretty common for military people to to end up like that, especially with rolling from place to place. But yeah, so you decided that you was going to actually put some thought towards it and make it a more of a profitable endeavor. So yeah. Yeah, yeah. Great, great. Hey, I know you said that you had started buying some single family uh, properties and uh, I know you had one here in Kansas City locally. Are you? I think you still hold that or did you actually exit that also? I was just traveling, just took my family to Grand Canyon, Bryce Canyon and Zion uh, ten, the last 10 days. We've been traveling around and uh, closed, sold my last two invest single family investment properties, uh, both in Kansas City, Parkville and, and Blue Springs, sold them both, made a profit and good profit and alleviated a lot of headache at the same time. It's fantastic. There you go. <laughs> Another thing too, this is actually kind of a cool thing is uh, one reason I don't worry too much about interest rates, uh, especially for investment properties is I'll buy an investment property. I bought these properties, these two um, in Kansas City in 2018 and interest rates were like four and a quarter mm -hmm. and it still cash flowed really well. And they're both turnkey properties. And then I did a cash out refi last year for 47,000 tax-free. Mm -hmm. So that right there made my money back from what I had to put down on those two properties. And because I was going from a four and a quarter rate to 2.75 in the refi, Whoa. my cash flow went up. Even though I pulled 47 grand out, my cash flow still went up. So for those of you who are like, oh, interest rates are going up. I can't buy anything. Wrong answer. Buy now and buy later and buy after that. You just have to make sure you're analyzing the deal right. And that's going to apply to single family, multifamily, syndications, whatever it is. Just know that if rates come back down someday, if you feel like you're buying at a high rate, first of all, you can think about your family members who bought in the 80s. You know, when uh, rates were double digits and, yes. and people were sweating it, but they did it. But here we are, even if you're at 5%, just know that maybe they go back down to three and you can refi someday and make a good chunk of money doing that. So uh, you just got to kind of don't plan on it. That's not the right way to do it. But if it does happen, you'll be in a good spot. Exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, people have made money on real estate all throughout the years. As a matter of fact, they give a ratio, a percentage that... 90% of the millionaires within the country have real estate within their portfolio. So, I mean, that should give you a clue on how valuable real estate is. And people have made money all throughout the years in many different economical uh, situations. So, hey, let's uh, bring it a little bit closer to current. I know you're involved in syndications, commercial real estate syndication, and uh, you're actually my coach. And you know, doing a phenomenal job at that. I'm learning a lot and just kind of observing you and yeah, just kind of following your footsteps. Could you share with us a, a deal that you have actually syndicated just in case some of our Moonlight listeners want to kind of implement your strategy on how you syndicate real estate? Yeah, sure. 2021, 
we went full cycle on our first deal. Full cycle for those of you who are newer means that we bought a multifamily asset. We operated successfully and exited uh, in a sale. And so with that, this, I guess I'll just give that as an example here. So we bought this property for 3.25 million. It was an 80 unit asset in a tertiary market in Indiana, the largest property in town. A lot of people had passed on it already. Technically, it was on market, but we knew the broker through a previous relationship from one of my partners. And people had passed on it because they didn't, you know, they weren't willing. And our mentor says this all the time: you have to be willing to do what others aren't, right? And in this case, people weren't digging in far enough. So we dug in and found that number one, it was an absentee owner. He actually lived in Japan, and there's so there's a lot of deferred maintenance. Work orders took weeks to get done. There was no one in the leasing office. And when she was, she was 80 years old and just wasn't really paying attention to the tenants very well. Um, but otherwise, the bones of the property were really good. Now, then we looked expanded this. And I recommend this to people. And, and this is often overlooked. Expand that and go look at the city. What is the or the town? What is the town doing? We found out that they're building a new K through 12 elementary school or K through 12 across the street from this asset. There was an old existing building, but they were adding on to it and revitalizing, remodeling the entire facility. So we knew that stuff was going to happen in that community. And people just didn't dig far enough to figure out that that was a value add potentially. So when we went there for due diligence, we went to the principal and the dean across the street. And we said, hey, we're a group of military real estate investors. We just bought that asset. We're going to spruce it up. We're going to put in a playground. And we would love to have faculty and staff moving into our units as we remodel them. And in turn, since I'm a military guy, if you've got any 17-year-old knuckleheads who are considering going into the military, hey, I'd be glad to talk to them. Just send them my number and I'll tell them what, what to expect and what things to look for. And so kind of a give and take, right? I, I know um, it's not all about me and the asset. It's about what can I give back to the community and in this case, to the school across the street. So that's always a good way to, to do things. So this asset, again, like I said, 80 units, three and a quarter. And it was listed at 3.5. We owned it for 25 months and we sold it at 5.6 million. Wow. And we so we were able to provide our investors with a 45% internal rate of return and um we had promised a 15% IRR and uh so it was a great asset and the reason we exited it was a, it, we were planning on it being a maybe a 7 to 10 year hold but we decided for the ability to go full cycle, our first full cycle deal mm -hmm. for visibility and track record. That was an important thing for us to be able to pull our investors in and make, I mean, we doubled their money in two years. That's, that's pretty awesome and a great feeling. And our investors love us for that. And we did some amazing things at the property to, uh, to be honest. And that's one thing I love about commercial real estate is the ability to scale by increasing your revenue, decreasing your expenses, NOI goes up, valuation goes way up. And I love that about commercial. So anyway, that's our first deal, full cycle, big success. Wow. Yeah, that's a sweet deal. That's a home run. There's a lot of there's a lot of that that's taking place within the market because the market is appreciating like never before. So well, I won't say like never before, but it's doing a phenomenal job. So the COVID has done a number and it's kind of shot things to the, through the roof as far as rent increases and things like that. But yeah, that's phenomenal. And for you Moonlighters uh, listeners, full cycle, going through a deal full cycle that is building your track record. It's, it's showing people that you're an excellent operator. It lets people know that they can trust you with their with their funds. So 
he was able to take a property from three million two hundred thousand and bring it all the way up to five million six hundred thousand. So that's an excellent win, and and that's what you want if you're going to get into syndications is to have a positive track record. So yeah, hey, congrats, Eric. Uh, I know we've told you that many different times, but and us within our group, we consider Eric a monster. So this guy is all over the place. He's got a lot of things going on and he's doing great things. Hey, with that being said, how do you balance your life around your real estate business, particularly when you was had the full-time job? I know you're full-time real estate investing at this point in time. A lot of our listeners are thinking about getting in real estate or either they're in real estate, but they have W-2 income. Some are wanting to be passive investors. Some have businesses and just kind of either want to become operators or invest passively. How did you manage your life around your W-2 being in the military when you was establishing your real estate business? Yeah. So I think the key there is we hear this all the time, but don't quit your W-2 until you're comfortable knowing that W-2 goes away and I'm okay. Don't quit your W-2. What you need to find is nights and weekends. I guarantee you, if you're sitting there and you're watching your favorite show on Netflix, that's time you could be doing research on your next, your next deal. That's time you could be setting up your calls for the next day on your way to work. I don't care if you got a five minute commute, that's five minutes of brokers. You could be calling in Indiana or wherever you're trying to buy a property. You have to prioritize that based on what your W2 work schedule is like. When I exited the military 10 years ago, my W-2, which I actually still have, my W-2 is very flexible. I work from home. I manage my own day. You can also set up your life so that you have a flexible work schedule, especially I think COVID actually did us all a favor in that in one way, in that now people are expected to work from home more often. Mm -hmm. So you can you can now as and actually become more effective. That's a funny thing is that businesses are finding that employees are getting more done at home when they have less distraction, because, you know, John walks by your office and knocks on the door and says, Hey, la, da, 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 and you're talking for 20 minutes, right? Instead mm-hmm. of and sitting at a cubicle and doing that. And then at home, you got no distractions. You go in your office, you shut a door, you find a quiet place and you just knock out some work. Right. Exactly. So, so maybe you're in a position where you can request to work from home or you can find if you're in between jobs, find a job that is remote. You can manage a real estate career remotely if, and a W-2 all at once. I promise you, like right now, I'm telling you right now, I've got a full-time W-2. It is very flexible. I'll grant, granted, it is very flexible. I manage my own time. I have five companies within active duty passive income that you mentioned in the in the highlights. I have coaching and I have all of my investments, which is close to 2000 units at this point. And if I can do all of that and a wife of uh, almost 20 years and two boys, family, if I can do all of that, there's no excuse for anyone listening that's going, oh, I'm too busy. You got five minutes somewhere. So take five minutes of action. If you got lunch break somewhere, take a lunch break's worth of action instead of sitting on your keister, you know, eating Doritos, <laughs> go out there, go out there and do something, make some phone calls or have lunch with a broker or find a new mentor or scour the forums and figure out some new, new answer to some question you had. I mean, read a book, whatever. It's it's all out there. You can do both. And I recommend you do both until you feel comfortable because the last thing I would want is for somebody to get into real estate investing and get a sour taste in their mouth because they jumped into it and quit their job and then they couldn't make money doing real estate because they're stressed. 
go in the most, some of the most successful real estate investors don't get stressed about it. You just do it until you're at the point where you can quit your job. I'm getting to that point. Like I can quit my job if I want to, but it's flexible enough that I can do both. And I appreciate it. I can appreciate both and still enjoy being that monster in real estate, as you said. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) Well, yeah, that's actually news to me that you, you still work, but I mean, all that is, is basically a testament of your time management skills, because I would have never thought that you um, still worked or anything like that. But yeah, I mean, that was a phenomenal point. Use your your job's flexibility. That's exactly what I do. I have a W-2 income and, you know, I've closed you know, $125,000 wholesaling fees, you know, while at work on on lunchtime, you know, in break times, things like that. You have, like Eric was suggesting, you have to use your time wisely instead of just wasting it away, vegging, looking at Facebook and things like that. And so, so many times do I see guys at, at work and, you know, they stay on Facebook two and three hours out of the day. And, you know, and I'm thinking to myself personally, whoa, that's that's a huge waste. But everyone's joy and everyone's mission is a little bit different in life. So I really don't want to too much knock them, but that's still a little excessive. So, yeah, great job, Eric. We're going to move into what we like to call our Moonlight Coach Around. And t- basically what that is, is we always have our guests just answer a few questions. We like you guys to answer and respond within like a one to two minutes kind of quickly and just give some advice, some coaching around these uh, four questions that we always ask. So so the first question is, if a person had very limited amounts of time, what could they do to start a successful syndication business? like yours? Would you recommend education, networking, or like mentorship if they can afford it? No, I would say listen to series of podcasts like this one mm-hmm. that where you can get a hold of a syndicator. Figure out and just listen to as many, many of them. Like I've been on probably 75 shows. Listen to some of my pain points. Like what's, what's hard for me right now, right? And then if you're trying to get started, be that solution go to somebody and say, Hey, I listened to you on a bunch of podcasts and I discovered that your biggest problem is time management. I'm just making something up, right? Mm -hmm. I would love to help you organize your schedule or let me basically just, you're trying to introduce yourself as a solution working for free. That's it. In order, and, and the pay, the pay that you get is to be part of their inner circle is to start learning to, 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 I don't know. Do you have a, maybe that person has a meetup or a mastermind or something and you get free access to go. So figure out, I would recommend to get that free mentor or free coach. First, you got to build a rapport. Rapport becomes a friendship. Friendship becomes a mentorship. Mentorship, I mean, coach, you can pay for coaching all day, but to get that friendship mentorship, you got to add something to them, figure out what they need and be that solution. That's where I would start. Obviously, everyone's going to say podcasts and books and all that stuff. And you should be doing that anyway. But I'm trying to give you some, some your listeners some kind of value outside of that. Go solve a problem for somebody who's doing what you want to do and they'll let you in. Wow. Yeah. Phenomenal. So he <laughs> this this guy, he gives you things that will get you in a game really, really quickly and get you some traction and some success. So, hey, don't take that lightly. Working for free for someone else. Networking and relationships is going to get you further than anything else within this business. And Eric's helped me to realize that. So, 
Hey, great answer. Question number two, if a person had very minimal amounts of time because of full-time jobs or if they had a separate business and wanted to get started in real estate or even invest as an LP, but they took some of your advice and they started doing a few deals. So they've closed a couple of syndications. What would they need to do to scale that business? Would you recommend for them to start building a team out, hire acquisition managers, create systems? What would it take their business to the next level while they're busy professionals? Yeah, I think, you know, aside from what I said earlier about squeezing in the little times, you know, making that conscious decision of I'm going to use this five minutes for this. I'm going to use this lunch break for this and really time blocking that out. I would say in order to scale, I mean, chances are if they've done a couple deals, they probably have somewhat of a team and kind of, you know, writing a list of, and I actually asked you to do the same thing is write a list of who's on your internal team, who's on your external team and write lists of people who can do all of those functions. So you, so, you know, when a deal comes across your desk, you can, I can reach out to this person person for lending. I can reach out to this person as a KP. I can reach out to this person, you know, for, for due diligence or earnest money, risk capital, whatever it is that you need fulfilled. But I would say this, this is the most, uh, the most important piece of the whole thing is tell people what you need. Hmm. If you don't tell people who you are and what you do and what you need, they can't help you. This is a relationship business, as you just got done saying. Mm -hmm. If you go out there to whatever forums you're in, whatever multifamily Facebook groups you're in or whatever it is, Tell people I've done a couple deals and I'm ready to scale. Where do I start? And see who responds, see who likes it, reach out to them. Anybody who responds or likes or emails you back or whatever the thing is, that's a person you can deal with and go and figure out. And you'll piece it together really easily as long as you're outwardly expressive of what you need. It'll happen. Exactly. Yeah. So some of that is getting out of your comfort zone. But, but, you know, that's where the great things happen anyway. You know, it's hard to be great by doing average things. So you got to do what great people do to become great in order, you know, to achieve the success that you're looking for. So, hey, third and final question, if you was down to your last hundred bucks and wanted to start a syndication business like yours, what would you do to start generating income ASAP? Whew. Man, a hundred bucks. <laughs> yes. Uh, well, it's funny because I, I was just telling my wife the other day, I was like, if we lost everything right now, nobody could take my knowledge. Mm. And I think, what, so what I would do is I would use that money to take as many of my successful real estate investor friends to lunch as possible. Okay. So whether that's five or two, depending on their tastes for lunch, right? Or maybe it's uh-huh. coffee, invest in people. I would take that if I had to spend it. Otherwise, I would save it and try and do it for free somehow. But but yeah, take that hundred bucks and spend it on as many coffee sessions as you can with people who are successful in the business. Wow. Great. Great answer. And so I'm glad you actually spent it around towards the Moonlight listeners at the end there, because not not everyone is going to have the, you know, the network and the contacts that you have. But you didn't get there overnight. You started with one contact and continued to build on that day in and day out. So, yeah, there you have it. Hey, as we conclude, I always like to ask what's a good or great business or personal development book that you would recommend for the Moonlight listeners? Hmm. Let's see. Uh, big fan. We actually just interviewed Hal Elrod, Miracle Morning, uh, one of my favorite books. And honestly, just to center yourself and be ready for the day in business and in life, I think that's a great start. Man, I could go on and on, but I'll just start with that one. Traction is another one. My team and I are going to read Gino Wickman as uh, the author of Traction. That's the Entrepreneur Operating System EOS um, to really get your business working for you instead of working in the business. So yeah, I would just say 
that one or those two. Okay, there you have it, Moonlight listeners. America Morning, Trash Him, phenomenal books to take a look at. Hey, Eric, uh, we'd like to thank you for coming out. You have dropped some value bombs and some actionable information. I mean, you know, if people will take action, that's 90% of the work. I mean, you know, smarts and learning, underwriting and things like that, that comes with repetition, but action truly is the key. So once again, thanks for joining us and taking time to uh, come out to the show. Yes, sir. Thanks for having me. Okay. Well, hey, and to you uh, Moonlight listeners, let's keep pursuing financial security. And as you do, don't forget to continue moonlighting. Thanks for tuning in to the Moonlight Real Estate Syndication Show. Please make sure to give us a five-star review, subscribe to this channel, and please share this podcast with someone else. Until next time, let's keep pursuing financial security, not job security. We'll catch you in the next episode.